Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yes, two very forthright, opinionated people. I'm looking forward to the next 20 minutes on the show with uh, Mark Watson and Lavina Good to uh, join us this morning. Thanks very much uh, to the two of you for doing that. Uh, Lavina, hitting you straight between the eyes here with uh, just a little warmer upper, if you like. Who's your all-black captain? Uh, I, I was sad to see Sam Kane go down with an knee injury because he's from the Bay. He's a Tapuki boy, and I'm, I'm Bay loyal, Bay strong. That's without a doubt. I like the fact he's just 30 years of age and he's um, just had a baby. So he's not a rat bag. He's, he earns the respect in the dressing shed and he might not be a show pony like some people are expecting from an all-black captain. But if he can come through that knee injury and be available in six weeks' time to take on the Irish, then I'm giving him the massive tick. And I know all those southerners will go against me, but if he can earn the respect in the dressing shed, that's all you really need to do to be an all-black captain. So I'm giving Sam Kane the tick. That's from me. Okay, interesting. So you'll upset a few uh, Aucklanders there, I suppose, Lavina. That probably doesn't worry you at all either. But uh, you'd be <laughs> having to do. leave out. You'd be having to leave out Dalton Popoliti to play Sam Kane at seven, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the decision you have to make. But you pick more than someone in a position just because of their ability with their um, ability to play really good rugby. You need someone who's going to drive a team. Uh, forward and also make sure that they can have those players playing for them and donning a black jersey with pride. And that's something that Sam Kane honestly brings to the table. And I know he's been plagued with injury over the years and that's something that has been a bane for him. But he's just had a baby girl a couple of weeks ago. He's very settled and, and he wears that black jersey with pride and he'll make sure that the All Blacks play just like he wants to play and that is representing his country and representing the rugby fans out there. So he certainly gets my tick in terms of donning that number seven jersey and also the C beside his name. OK. Um, Mark Watson, you've done um, umpteen million hours of talk back from time to time. Uh, it's always been a bone of contention, one of the issues people want to talk about. How about you, the All Black captain? Oh, I'm with Artie Severe. No, I go with Artie Severe at eight. I think we need somebody who's prepared to lead from the front who says, hey, you go forward, I'm going to set the example. I'm just not sure at the moment Sam Kane, in my opinion, is good enough to make this all-black team starting lineup. I'm not sure that um, we've seen this all-black team really perform, even when he's been a core part of it. And, and I know that's harsh because you can't just put it down to one player, but I'm Dalton Papalihi, I'm Ethan Blackadder. I'm very much along the lines of Artie Severe as um, my all-black captain, Sam Whitelock. Um, you know, another one that I guess is probably in the discussion. 
but I think first and foremost, I think you pick your best team and then you pick your captain. I sort of understand where Levine is coming from in terms of some of those um, intangibles that can't always be measured by what you do in terms of just ball in hand, tackling and, and um, kicking, but yeah, look, I think there's. I also think there's real issues with Sam Kane regarding head knocks. Um, he seems to be a little bit more injury prone, and I think we've got to have continuity. And one thing with Artie Severe is we've just seen durability with this guy, and so he's my All Black captain without a doubt. Mark, would you say uh, it looks, for all intents and purposes, Brumbies aside, as if it's uh, going to be New Zealand again? I, I'm predicting Blues Crusaders. Something might happen to upset that apple cart. I, I don't know. But here's the thing. Overall, if you look at it right, has it been a success, Super Rugby, this season? Oh, I, I, I think the game's in difficulty. I think the game is in trouble. I, I always go back to it and go, how many of these games are appointment viewing for me? Um, and I'd say very, very few. And I think that tends to be the general consensus from a lot of people I speak with. Um, and there's a whole lot of reasons for that. Look, I think it's been great in terms of Moana Pacifica and uh, providing the Polynesian um, players in this country a genuine pathway. Um, I think it's been great again for Fiji and Drua. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, you know, if you go right back to when the inception of Super Rugby back in '96 with the South African sides and the Sharks and the Blues, uh, yeah, look, I think it's a competition that's fallen from grace. Um, but I'm not sure what the solution is. So if you're asking me, has it been a success? Um, uh, c- compared to what's happened in the past, probably not. Uh, compared to what we've seen over the last two years, look, it has been a success. I, I think it's a product that's probably having to rebuild. Um, but look, oh, you know, I don't think it's. A, I don't think New Zealand rugby helped themselves when they're pulling All Blacks out for rest weeks. Um, you know, the Bowden Barrett issue really annoyed me where he missed so many games through injury already and then he's forced to have another week out. Um, you know, I thought we saw the Crusaders drop a game to New South Wales when, you know, a number of their marquee All Blacks were forced to have some time on the bench and, you know, ultimately the franchises and stuff can choose when those players sit out and look at certain games, but... Yeah, I just don't think that helps the credibility of the competition at all. Um, so, look, yeah, it, 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 it's, I've enjoyed it. I've found myself watching a lot more of it, but more because of family circumstances and two young kids who tend to hijack the television. And I don't tend to go out on a Friday or Saturday night, and clearly I'm doing a bit more work on radio, and so I am watching it. But, yeah, look, it, it's certainly not the product it once was. Okay, Mark Watson, Lavina, good with us this morning here on SENZ. On the panel, we'll take a very short break with uh, a 10.30 news bulletin. And when we come back, I'm going to turn the tiger loose. Time to turn the tiger loose on the Warriors. Yes, Lavina, good on Matt Lodge and a couple of other issues as well. That's coming up, part two of the panel, very shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Here, 10.32, part two of the panel. We've got Mark Watson, Lavina, good with us this morning. Lavina, if you could see Matt Lodge uh, face-to-face uh, right now, what would you say to him? Oh, Matt, eh? Taking off, Matt. I, I mean, I, I rated him last week as, you know, obviously one of the best forwards with Fanua Blake for the Warriors, and at least he was someone that was having a go. So the Warriors get to wave uh, goodbye to another big player that could have been impacting for the rest of the year. I'd really like to get to the bottom of what's going on with the Warriors. On on a week that they lose Matt Lodge, we find out a week later that Chanel Harris-Tavita has decided to hang his boots up for a year. 
and take a year off travelling and writing at 23 years of age. And I think to myself, good on him if that's what he wants to do. But what's happening in a club where they blood and breed a young player as a future halfback, a sensation for them in the future, and then all of a sudden he wants to have a break from rugby league altogether, not even signing off for another club. So there's some massive issues there for the Warriors. I, I never thought that they were going to win against the Dragons. I really didn't. Like, the effort was there. I know the effort was there, but, there, you know, you've got Jazz Tavanga, who's the littlest forward we've got, doing all the hard yards and trying to break up the middle of everything. And, and you think to yourself, where's everyone else supporting him? The fringe defence out wide was once again abysmal and you let a rookie fullback from the Dragons run, you know, ragged around you on the outside. And for as much as they're the entertainers and they can catch and, and score a few tries, the Warriors need to shut some stuff down out wide as well. But, I mean, what do you do? do you, are you a coach that says, hey, boys, you need to make sure you do your tackles out wide? I mean, there's a professional rugby league footballers that get paid really good money. So if they're not making those tackles, there's something going on within the culture of a club that can't beat teams, you know, under eighth spot on the ladder and also lose a 23-year-old that's meant to be with the club for a very long time. So questions need to be asked of the Warriors. They're, they're not playing good enough rugby league football for themselves, for the fans, for, for anyone out there. They're certainly not doing it for their coach. They're not doing it for their captain. And I just feel as though they need to get back to the drawing board. And that drawing board started five years ago. That was the recruitment policy that Ivan Cleary got underway with the Panthers. He decided to go over there and spend half a decade creating and producing a team of young guns that are absolute sensations in this competition that all came through Western New South Wales from Orange and from Dubbo and from Bathurst that he could all secure in that Western area and not be sold to other clubs and build them for a five-year franchise. And that's never been part of the Warriors' plan. The Warriors have never said, let's win a championship or a premiership in five years' time. The Warriors have always said, oh, God, I hope we make it into the top eight of a 16-man competition. I hope we make it into a top eight of this competition because that's what we need to do. And with that sort of attitude, you'll never make your way through to the premiership. And with that sort of attitude, you miss tackles out wide, you lose games against the Dragons, and you lose 23-year-old players that are meant to be with you forever. So the question mark goes against the tikanga and the culture of that club, and someone needs to get to the bottom of it because it's trickling down and it's making players miss tackles and not play very good rugby league at all and making fans lose respect. And just before we go to Mark on it, it's interesting. I've watched a lot of rugby this year, and I've watched a whole lot more rugby league as I do. And the more rugby I've watched, I've actually thought to myself, even if you're a Warriors fan and your team's losing, the NRL is such a good competition like you caught that manly um, Parramatta game, you know, and it was like a two-point game in it. And the rugby league was respectful and sensational and even the winning and losing sides earned respect from rugby league fans. The Warriors aren't earning respect at the moment and that needs to be answered and questions need to be continued to be asked for them to put in their best performance to earn that respect back. Agree. Totally agree. Uh, Mark Watson, I, I would imagine even the most... Even the most devout Warriors fan has got to be asking questions about players walking away and giving giving it away. Yeah, look, I mean, you sort of look at, you know, you, you go look and you look at the Melbourne Storm and if you were to sort of put a statement to sum up their brand, you would sort of say sort of precision, performance, no compromise. You look at the Warriors and it's sort of potential, potential, potential retirement. Um, and it just seems to have gone on year after year after year, no, no matter how many coaches we bring in, whether the team's playing permanently in Australia or still playing home and away here at Mount Smart. Um, you know, you've had owners coming out recently saying, hey, be patient. Um, I agree with Lavina 
um, 100%. You come out and the statement is, oh, we want to make the top eight. Well, that's finishing in the top half of the competition and extending your season by a week. Um, I've said this to you a number of times when I've done these panels, um, Smithy. Look, we've got to go outside of rugby league um, in terms of trying to find some answers to why this club is underperforming. Um, and, you know, in the past we've gone, look, oh, let's go and get Gus Gould. Um, it's almost like, well, why? Why? You know, I think he's yesterday's man. We, we have a similar thing here in New Zealand when often there's a major problem in sport. Let's go to John Hart, let's go to Sir Graham Henry. And I think sometimes you've got to, yeah, just look at it a lot more laterally. You've got to go, hey, this is still a team. It's still about performance. Um, and, you know, it's about high performance. And I think there are other industries, other people out there that I think could offer some good insight. Um, once you, What you find often when you get to elite level sport, um, from sport to sport, the, the, the common traits are the same. It's just often the terminologies and definitions are just slightly different. Um, but there's a fundamental overlying philosophy that governs high-performance sport that for some reason this Warriors organisation just hasn't been able to tap into. And I've said this in the past, you know, the definition of talent is too narrow. They look at bulk, they look at size, they look at just a little bit of athleticism, but we're not testing the top two inches, we're not testing mental fortitude. Um, there's got to be a far greater definition when we, when, we, when we say, hey, this player is talented. Um, because clearly these players are not that talented. Uh, they're not that good at what they do. They're getting paid a huge amount of money. And, and maybe that's the simple answer. Let's bring some jeopardy in. Hey, let's have them in the pocket. But, yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be honest, they're actually, they're actually, it's got to the point where they're actually an embarrassment and they're not actually doing the reputation in New Zealand sport any good. And, and someone needs to tell them that. Um, and, um, yeah, I'll, how you do it, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I don't think, I still think they just believe that the signing of the next player is somehow going to provide a solution or perhaps another coach or, hey, wait until we get back home and we're playing, you know, half of our games at home and half of our games away. Well, as I said, you know, you go back to 2019, I think that was the situation. They still finished 13th. So, yeah, oh, look, I oh, oh, yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it. Uh, yeah, Mark, I know where you're coming from. The signing of Sean Johnson at 31 wasn't the solution. The solution was not to lose him at 28. That was the big thing. At 28, he was going to play his best rugby league. He went off to the Sharks. That was it. So all hail the Messiahs coming home. It's not the solution for the Warriors. The signing of Dynamis Luai, who's on his fifth rugby league club now, and he's there to replace... Uh, Matt Lodge, who's been playing reserve grade of sorts for, you know, for feeder teams into the NRL. That's not the solution. As you say, he's big and he has played state of origin before, but you're losing a 23-year-old kid for the future of the club that you could groom for the next five or six years. That could be the Sean Johnson at 28. And you're signing off and paying, they won't even tell us how much money for this kid, this guy called Luai, which is not really bringing that much to the Warriors apart from a replacement big player. It's the purchases without thinking that doesn't help the team culture that will come back to haunt the Warriors, and, and it's going to cost them a lot of money and not enough points on the table. On a totally different issue, uh, when I look at netball now, uh, Lavina, uh, and the question, why do they still play in dresses when they could be in shorts and shirts? What do you make of that? It's absolutely absurd. Do you know, Bay of Plenty netball's really strong, and um, I play an indoor netball game here in the Bay, but there's lots of outside netball going on, and lots of masters are coming back and playing serious netball. And they're all saying that they don't really want to wear a dress, but they have to wear a dress. They'd like to wear shorts and a shirt or shorts and a singlet. And I just think it's archaic. I think if you... I reckon if you 
did a survey on all of the players playing in the netball competition at the moment. Would you prefer to play in a dress or would you prefer to play in singlets and a short or, a, or something more comfortable and more athletic? I reckon that survey would come back as not being the dress. But it's just something that's archaic and that has always stuck around. And I just think it seems like at a professional level for these netballers, they're as athletic as you can ever get. Like, I mean, they're phenomenal at this stage at jumping and running and doing everything they need to do in the game of netball. It just seems ridiculous to me that there's a requirement for them that they have to wear a dress because they're women. I don't Mm -hmm. get it. I think if they're playing football in shorts and a shirt or if they're playing any other sport, even in tennis now, they're moving into shorts. If it's more comfortable and you can perform better as an athlete in something more comfortable, then let's move on with it, hey? International netball might have to take a look at that one, I think. Okay, interesting issue there. Um, Mark, uh, I think a Commonwealth Games triathlon team named tomorrow. That's one of your areas of great expertise. What are you expecting out of that? Yeah, oh, look, I was pretty... um I was pretty disappointed with the team they took to the Olympic Games last year. I felt that probably three of them out of the four (laughs) probably weren't quite good enough to be called Olympians when I saw, say, maybe some of the qualifying standards of some of the other sports. And I think that ended up coming to fruition with our team, what, finishing 11th out of about 14 or 15 teams. Um, Hayden Wild clearly is a class act. He's good enough to win the Commonwealth Games gold medal. But look at the Commonwealth Games level. Um, we've probably got a good chance of winning the medal in the team's relay because the reality is what you're up against Australia, England, Canada, South Africa are not particularly strong. So there's probably about four or five teams on the start line. And so you give ourselves a pretty good shot of picking up a medal. Um, my biggest concern with the triathlon is that in recent times, because they've had this mixed relay, um, we've and we've sort of qualified a team that we automatically pick two girls, and it's the girls at the moment, I think, in New Zealand triathlon that are weak. And the dangers of picking, say, a Nicole Vanderkay, um, and I'm just trying to remember um, um, who the other athlete was, uh, uh, because we can, I think sends the wrong message. What it actually says is, hey, you be the best athletes in New Zealand and we'll take you. And I still think that when it comes to selection for Commonwealth Games, and selection for the Olympic Games, you've got to actually be amongst the best athletes in the world. And um, so, look, I, I, I don't blame the athletes; they're just doing what's asked of them. But I do have a, I do have a little bit of an issue with the selection criteria and the policy that they do put in place. And there has been, I think, a perception of nepotism, particularly last year around the Olympic Games, with not the best athletes being picked. Um, so Ainsley Thorpe is the other female athlete. Um, mm that will yep. be named and you know everyone goes who's Ainsley Thorpe what's she done overseas um, what's she done at a World Cup level you, you go and look at the qualifying standards for athletics I mean you, you know you've basically got to break the New Zealand 100 metre records established by Gus Nakisha back in 1994 if you're to try and even go there to run the 100 metres you've got to be running sort of 335 to 1500 metres just to qualify and yet then in triathlon hey be the best in New Zealand and we'll take you and I do struggle a little bit with that um, but Look, not as much as not as much at a Commonwealth Games level as I did last year at an Olympic Games level. You know, we've, we've got to set the standards high. Um, you know, don't look at the New Zealand record book; look at the world record book. Okay, Mark Watson and Lavina, good. I thank you very much for your input on the panel this morning. Um, always uh, greatly received your your views. Uh, we'll have another panel, of course, tomorrow morning around about the same time. Uh, two new panellists, but uh, some in-depth thought there around a number of wide-ranging issues. And Lavina Good, always very passionate 
uh, about um, the Warriors in particular, but uh, also not a bad difference. So I'm just trying to think of other women's sports where they still wear skirts. I think uh, hockey they might still, uh, field hockey they might, but uh, very few now that uh, where they don't wear either trousers uh, as in they do in the cricket or wear shorts, and I totally agree with you, uh, Lavina. Comfort, practicality as opposed to fashion and look uh, these days for the women. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.